any opportunity that would come up, I would just say yes to Even if that means that I have to sacrifice my own time or, or my free time or, or other projects that maybe I enjoyed, but weren't super related to what my passion was. But yeah, you know, as soon as you said, you know, one of my best pals calls me and says, dude, I'm dropping my job because it sucks and I want to I want to make a podcast and I have all this experience in audio. I'm like, yeah, of course I'm going <laughs> to do this. I want to be my current self from this point forward. I want to learn how to play piano. Working with human beings. Drinking wine in the middle of the day. I want to be a fire truck driver. I'm going to be the next greatest painter. Just kind of work with kids, getting them ahead in life. I want to be a welder. I want to be a beach bum. I want to be a baseball player. Brewmaster. A winemaker. Professional snuggler. Let me mention those sweet, hot lavender baths and writing in the evening. What's up, everybody? I'm Blake Fletcher, and this is the Half Hour Intern Podcast, where we explore the interesting paths people take in life. If you'd like to support episodes like this being made, please check out the show's Patreon page at patreon.com slash half hour intern. And that actually really ties into today's episode. About a week ago, I decided to change one of the rewards for being a Patreon subscriber um, to being that anyone that gives on any level, rather than having a unique extra bonus episode every month, there will just be um, extra bonus questions that I ask the majority of guests that come on the show, and you get to hear those extra bonus questions being a Patreon supporter at any level. So since I am changing the format uh, for the rewards for Patreon, I am actually going to release to all of you today, today's episode, which was the very first Patreon-only episode that I did, which was with my very good friend and the sound guy to this show, Frank Leone. This was one of my favorite interviews and favorite episodes that I've ever had of the show. So it's part of the reason that I really wanted to switch up the whole entire Patreon thing, um, because it's it's frustrating when you do a fun really great interview that you want everyone to be able to hear and then only you know a certain portion of the audience gets to hear it so um this i finally get to play for all of you um i hope you all really enjoy it and if you would like to hear um, bonus questions from time to time extra time with the various guests on the show then please consider becoming a supporter on patreon as well which again is at patreon.com slash half hour intern and here is the episode with frank leon the uh, sound tech for half hour intern frank my man thank you so much for coming on the show dude <laughs> thanks for having me man yeah i'm a big absolutely. fan <laughs> i'm so dude i'm so <laughs> excited to do this i'm so excited to have you on um i think the thing that we absolutely need to start with and i'll let you go ahead and take the lead on this is just explaining to people more of what our process is for half hour intern because um i have people writing some questions from the patreon group and uh one of the people mr turnage wrote a couple of questions um how many times does frank listen to the raw audio end to end before paring it down next question does he ever rearrange questions and answers to create more of a story those both just have so much to do with our process so um why don't you explain to people what our process is for making an episode yeah so um blake blake does all his own scheduling so he 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 i do all my own stunts he does all (laughs) yeah so what he'll do is is he'll schedule uh an appointment for an actual interview and then and then uh once the interview has been recorded he'll listen through and determine where he sounded like an idiot and have me cut it out and then 
and then how awesome the interviewer sa- or the interviewee sounded. And we'll we'll emphasize those parts uh, from for like a cold open. And Blake will give me a, a list of 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 uh, time codes. And from there, we we will put it all together. And so he just sends me the the raw files, and then I kind of just cut them up according to his notes, so we can put out the the best sounding interview possible. So to to add a couple things to what Frank just said, um, because I know a lot of you are probably thinking like, well, it always just sounds like this like normal flowing conversation. Do you mean that it's all like cut up like crazy and and what the hell? Mm-hmm. Um, it, for the most part. A lot of the episodes so far have had very minimal cuts. Um, like ideally, what happens on any given episode is to honestly have no cuts. Um, that being said, basically every episode that's ever come out has had at least one cut. Um, but it's always minimal. And for the most part, I try not to edit for content or send cuts to Frank for content. Uh, I try to do it for just actual mistakes. Um, or like if let's say I have a guest on and they say something in about 10 minutes in through the episode and then about 35 minutes in through the episode they start completely reiterating exactly what they said at 10 minutes in i cut out the second time that they say it because you guys don't need to hear those things twice um and And over time we're editing for time too so a lot of these a lot of the half hour intern episodes are two hour interviews (laughs) yeah so we have to we just try to take the best parts and now where this is where frank is so amazing at what he does is that Mm -hmm. Still, despite the fact that we cut out the second time that someone says something or um, maybe just a a part that's just a little bit of baggage or whatever in an episode, um, it still completely sounds like there was no editing ever done. Like Like it's just this totally normal, natural conversation. And that's just because Frank is the man. Like I said, I send Frank these time codes for like, okay, this is kind of where I think that that should be cut. And some way it's like rather than cut it with a machete or like a hacksaw, like Frank uses like a scalpel, you know, and, and does this thing in such a refined way that, that you are none the while. Like I listen to it after and I'm like, oh yeah, that's definitely the exact conversation that we had, knowing full well that it's not the exact conversation that we had. So it's amazing the way that he does it. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I got I got my start in, in music and I went to music school for, for engineering specifically. So, you know, when you're working with music, everything needs to be cut on 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 the right at the right tempo and all that stuff otherwise your your song's going to sound like a big big heaping mess and conversations tend to have their own flow too so if you can pick up the flow of that conversation and 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 pick up on individuals uh, idiosyncrasies when they're speaking you can find a good place to cut and make it a pretty much uh, pretty much a, a a smooth conversation without without anybody noticing i feel when you say things like that I, uh, first of all i get so turned on Second of all, I like I feel so honored and happy to have you be the one that's doing my show because I feel like that skill set that you're talking about is something like how Malcolm Gladwell talks about 10,000 hours to becoming an expert and, and not just him. I mean, that's like a very common concept of doing something for so long that you become a true pro in something. Um, it, it's amazing that your, exp- your experience and background in music gives you such an ear for cadence and the way that things are, you know, this this kind of natural rhythmic pattern to things that you are able to bring that into the way that you edit the show. Yeah. You know, it's, it's definitely more of a, uh, it's, it's interesting to, to get into spoken words specifically, uh, coming from, from music, but you know, that said, thank you. That's awesome. I, I would never consider myself a pro because there are people out there who are, you know, a million times better than me, but, uh, yeah. 
practice makes perfect dudes every world <laughs> I, I feel like you're selling yourself so short frank because and you're i know you're just being modest but like the mark of any pro is that you almost is that you don't notice it that you don't notice like how good the person is or something and you truly like don't even notice what you do on the show which <laughs> um i is amazing you know like it's just really amazing <laughs> thanks man <laughs> um all right dude so let's move on to some more questions here so first of all uh where is the best place to get uh audio beds and music for the podcast another another listening question there yeah you know uh blake selected the the opening song uh and gave it to me and said hey can you can you make something and we, we chopped it up and made something pretty cool um i don't remember where he got it from and i don't think you remember where you got it from no i do not i mean, I mean there's so many sites like that so there are a lot of royalty free sites out there uh none, none of them are 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 better than well some are better than than others but uh go out there and and just look up royalty free music and and just pay attention to those the, the different types of licenses that are attached to all those those music files and uh, find something that works for you. And once you once you get the proper license, you can kind of make it your own and chop it up how you want, depending on the license, of course. But yeah, there's a royalty free, or there are even websites that have free music out there. Um, Google's your friend. <laughs> Definitely, man. Um, all right. So last of the listener questions, of uh, the Patreon questions, I should say, comes actually from my mom, who I is one of the. She's great, man. Um, <laughs> So she's she's one of the people that supports the show on Patreon. So thanks, mom. And thanks, uh, thanks mom. Yeah, and thanks, Mr. Turnage, and thanks to all of the Patreon supporters. Anyways, my mom's question is: What was Blake Fletcher like when you were growing up together? A really spazzy, enthusiastic kid. Um, didn't take no for an answer, and you know, and that's that's actually something that you've carried on, man. Like. If you want to do something, you still, you do it. You, 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 you ignore any hurdles that you see, you, you, you overcome them. And as a kid, you did the same kind of thing, even if it was with Mortal Kombat. It didn't matter. Like, you, you, you worked. <laughs> you mean the video game, not like a literal Mortal Kombat. <laughs> right. The, the video game. If, if, you couldn't, if you couldn't manage to do something, you worked on it until you got it done. Mortal Kombat's a really bad example. But yeah, yeah. It was uh it was a pleasure to know you as a kid dude likewise and uh by the way just so everyone knows what frank was like as a kid going up frank was like so frank is uh half cuban and frank was like this like latin lover back so we went to catholic school together um i joined the school in in third grade so we were in the same class from third grade through eighth grade and around like fifth like fourth fifth grade or something frank was one of those kids who goes through puberty early and so yeah. he it's like he he grew early and he filled out early more importantly like had closer to a man body like at the age of you know whatever like 11 years old and uh and like every girl in the class like frank and you could like see why like every like i mean frank was just this like latin lover stud at the age of like 11 12 years old and uh yeah, I mean, just like the coolest dude around. 
Yeah, and then when I was 16, I, I grew out of my man body and grew into my dad body. So <laughs> I discovered food and sitting around. And <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's the that's the curse of uh, early puberty, right? It's like then yeah. everything just starts happening early for you. Yeah, I got lucky. I found someone who wanted to marry the slug. So <laughs> Frank's again being completely humble and modest. Frank still uh, is <laughs> is a fiery Latin lover. Um, just this face. This face keeps me going. That's all I got. <laughs> All right, man. Um, so let me ask you some of the questions that I have. Um, and some of these I kind of know the answers to, but I just feel like they are good things for people to know. And some of these I, I don't know, and I would love to know myself. So first of all, what makes an interview sound good? You know, uh, man. Well, first of all, if the only thing that really, I mean, the, the, the person that drives an interview is always the, the person interviewing and 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 you know you in your position <clears throat> and that 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 spot's really hard to fill in any other situation and and you have such a natural talent for it someone who who drive who can drive the conversation and really be receptive you know my wife's an improv and and one of the things that they learn to do is to to focus and respond to the other the other person and and most of most you you go turn on the radio right now and you you listen to any interview what you're hearing is is a is a pop quiz and you don't you don't pop quiz people you you have a conversation with them and that's so important and it's so awesome and, and refreshing to hear that you're you're receptive you're receptive and and you're paying attention and you're and you're focused and other than that um yeah, you know, content is is always important, but it's it's funny, and I'm sure you know this at this point. I've learned it from 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 working on the half hour intern, man. Uh, anybody can be interesting, no matter what line of work they're in, and it, it really hasn't mattered. Uh, it has more to do with their passion, uh, uh, what they're they're working in, or, or what their hobbies are. And dude, you could you could be a professional shoelace tire, and if you're passionate about it. You're an interesting person and you're fun to talk to. And that, that goes along for, for most of life too. You know, if you bring that passion to your, to your activities, then you're going to be a happier and happier person and a better person to talk to for that matter. Yeah, totally, man. Well, uh, thank you so much. And I'm really happy that this interview has turned into just a total love fest. Um, <laughs> but I, <laughs> more, I guess more what I was asking um, uh -huh. in terms of what you do it, when I say what makes an interview sound good is on your end, it, like on the on the audio, <laughs> audio. end. Um, yeah. Like what are what are these things that we would take for granted that we don't notice and that we're not looking for um, that audibly will that just are are come come into your ear holes nicely. <laughs> I see. Okay. So obviously your microphones are important, but you know what? You can make any microphone sound good using EQ or compression or whatever it is. Um, you know, all the, the audio tools that audio engineers can use and, and that anybody can learn to use really. It's just with practice. But um, as far as if you want to talk like frequency, I mean, everyone likes the, the low mids and, and clear highs for, for someone's voice. Yeah, you know, right now I'm using a, a pretty decent microphone and... and uh, there's a certain amount of clarity to it as, as well as a certain amount of warmth. And it really emphasizes the specific, uh, more pleasant tones of my voice. And same with yours. You're, you're working with good gear too. So it, it is, is that what you mean? Yeah, totally, man. Cool. Um, so how much 
what, like you you mentioned these different things that you can do after the fact with EQ mm-hmm. and settings and this and that. Again, I guess on, on that note of like what exactly makes the interview sound good and like what are you doing behind the scenes, I feel like there's pr- there's probably like a lot. It it takes a lot to make it look it, like it ta- like I was saying earlier. Like it takes a lot to make anything in life look easy, or it takes a lot to make something look simple, or it takes. I imagine it probably takes a lot to make an interview sound really natural, not just in the cuts, but also in mm-hmm. all of the EQ settings and this and that. So, um, like, how much worse do you think that the show would sound if I had just tried to edit it myself? Uh, and how much of your expertise comes in in these very like subtle little tweaks of making the episode sound better and making it sound more natural? Yeah. So the the big thing, the big t- two, yeah, I could, I'll, you can do a lot of stuff with just EQ and compression, and and you know, if let's say we, you just gave it to someone who wasn't necessarily a, a, a someone who was seasoned in working with audio, if you work on a, if you if you didn't add a compressor to your audio, what's going to end up happening is when everyone talks, they have a, a lot of a dynamic range, right? Uh, some people talk really loud and some people talk really soft. But most people do both, depending on on their energy or their enthusiasm regarding the subject they're speaking about. <clears throat> what a compressor does is it takes the higher ends, uh, volume-wise, the, the higher ends of uh, the louder parts of the audio, and it kind of knocks it down a few pegs and then takes the quieter stuff. And bumps it up a little bit. So what it does is it kind of it's equivalent of of squeezing the audio, uh, the dynamic range together, and then bumping, the, boosting the whole signal a little bit. So what you end up getting is is a pretty consistent volume, and and that's the kind of thing that, you know when you're in your car or whatever, and you're listening to your radio. If they if they didn't have a compressor on on a uh, um, radio host's voice you'd end up playing with your volume knob the entire time trying to find the right level that didn't like break your ears or that that, you know wasn't you know too quiet or or whatever so compression is a really big deal as far as that goes and then again uh, like i said with eq sometimes when you bring those levels up some of the the ugly stuff that you don't want to hear comes through too uh like 250 hertz like that's a, a lot of mud in there uh, so what you do is you go in an EQ and you can you can drop down. You, you basically carve out um, the perfect sounding audio. So you know. Um, so yeah, if there's too much mud in there around two two fifty, you can you can carve out a little little dip there and and bring that away and and then and then boost the good sounding parts of that person's voice. And everyone's voice is a little different, so there's no just there's no flat EQ levels that that'll work for everybody. But there's definitely some good guidelines out there. Now the fact that you know that. 250 can be muddy and this and that like those are obviously very experience based so i guess again to to come back to that part of that question like how much different and and worse would the show sound if i had just done it myself it would sound muddier and quieter that's for sure (laughs) (laughs) and then um yeah you know then you got to work on on those those cuts and smoothing out cuts because when you chop up audio it things get things get messy everyone's very rarely do people just take, you know, quick breaks between words. I, for the most part, when people are talking, I, I mumble a lot. I, I, I string my words together and I also stutter. I know that and I can't stop it. I don't even try to. It doesn't matter. 
But if I <laughs> but if I were to go and and try to chop up mid sentence stuff that that I didn't like that I I said, then it would sound like a, a clicky mess because you get those those breaks between you know you can't just stop an audio signal in the middle of a of a word. So you'd also have to learn how to see on a waveform in in your in your DAW your your digital audio workstations. Um, you have to recognize what good cuts are and then know, know if two parts would, can properly crossfade. So you're basically Neo is what you're saying. Like you just, (laughs) you just, you look at like all the numbers raining down the computer screen and you can see something out of it. You just like look at a waveform and you're like, yes, this would be a good place to cut without even listening to it. Sure. Yeah. Me and uh, the millions of other audio engineers out there. Yeah. Yeah. We're all Neo. Wow. That's amazing. (laughs) I like that reference. The other thing that I imagine that that you're so capable in doing that I would not be is to is the I guess the subtleness of everything because something that I notice um like I I I have a friend that makes a podcast and on his first episode of his podcast I just I really felt like he was a little bit heavy-handed with his um audio effects like he Mm -hmm. he has a podcast that uh is you know one of those like stylized journalistic podcasts Mm -hmm. and he had so many audio effects in his first episode because he's he like just learned how to do it you know for for the podcast and he's you know you have like all this enthusiasm like there's often this attitude of like more is better you know like when you first start doing something and like i can do this so i should do it and you know and so what you said about like you know people want to hear these um clear and bright highs and then they also want to hear these um like sultry nice mids and lows and stuff like that i could imagine somebody like me doing it at the beginning or like any novice audio engineer making your highs then too bright and making your lows too punchy or whatever just because you don't know how you don't know how to be subtle at all yet you're just like hitting everyone over the head with your audio ability you know it's funny and this 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 is kind of a a blanket statement you can make with a lot of things but whatever your your art is the art that you're working in you know the content is paramount to everything to effects to you know fancy cuts whatever if you're not if if your editing isn't emphasizing the actual content, then then you're distracting. So, you know, if I were to throw in a bunch of cool effects like reverb and and all this stuff and and make make Blake sound like more of a golden god than he already is, then you're going to start focusing on those effects and not the actual content, not the conversation. You know, music is different, but not really. Uh, I was just listening. I have I listened to a, another podcast. It's um, super awesome uh, about uh, about audio production and audio engineering. Uh, Bo- Bobby Osinski is, is is his name. I think I, I think I'm saying his his last name right. Um, and you know he interviews a bunch of people in the in the music biz and and engineers and mastering techs and all all this stuff. One thing that that you know people uh, uh, bands who are like fresh like they're making their first recording they're super stoked. You know one of the big the big um, fads out there right now is making making your audio sound like it was recorded uh, uh, in the fifties or forties even. So you get a lot of they add they add static and and they, the big twin reverb sounds and stuff. But really, you know, and then they give it to a uh, 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 mastering engineer and the guys are like, oh, 
you basically wrote a great song and you ruined it because you wanted it to sound old. And, and it took away from the song. You take away the effects, the song comes through. And the same thing goes for, for podcasts and interviews. If you add too much stuff to it, you're, you're really removing the entire point of your podcast. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so much of art is that way. Like, I, I think, you know, cooking, I'm thinking is like a great example, you know. Yeah, you, like, you, you, you pile garlic on something, I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> yeah, for sure, exactly. Like, I love garlic as much as the next. Yeah, it's, it, it, that's the perfect example because everyone with garlic is always like, oh, just I love garlic. Pile it. It's like, yeah, garlic is great. But, like, you know, it's greater is balance and being able to pick out lots of interesting flavors, you know. Is, is everyone who cooks with garlic from the South, by the way? Oh, I love garlic. <laughs> I pile it on. <laughs> yeah, Frank, they are, man. Um, so, uh, all right, dude, moving on. So do you use the same effects on every episode or is it unique episode to episode? So yeah, back to that. I mean, I, like I said, I keep emphasizing this, those same few effects for, for this genre of, for podcasts specifically. I, I do EQ, I do compression. Um, I will do limiters or, or, uh, I should say filters, uh, you know, which is also just, just another form of EQ. Um, if things get a little too sharp, you know, and like hurt your ears in the, in the high end, I just roll off the, the high, high hand, high ends. And then <clears throat> same thing. Oh, something else that, that people don't like to hear that'll totally ruin, ruin your ears is S's. If your S's are super sharp, it's sibilance like that. That's going to ruin all of your, <laughs> how do you get rid of that? Listeners here. There's, there's an effect called a DSer. It pretty much comes standard with almost all, um, DAWs and, yeah, you 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 find where those S's are, and you you say I want that frequency to come down a hell of a lot, and and the DSer will will do that for you. It's hmm. but again, it's essentially EQ. So, you know, <laughs> audio engineering is the same as photography is the same as almost almost any mix of technical art. You can you can read a bunch of stuff about it. And you're going to find ways to spend millions of dollars before you, you've actually worked on your, your core skill set. If you, if, if you work with what you have, you can make almost anything sound good. And I really would like to emphasize that to anybody out there who, who thinks they need more stuff to get a better product. You really just need to work with what you have. Hmm, that's interesting. That's good. Uh, yeah, great advice, man. Um, so... On that note, also about things being unique to every episode or um, like the same sort of effects. I guess I don't. I don't just mean the effects, but I mean um, the like settings. I'll, I'll adjust settings. Yes, thank yeah. you. Yeah, I'll adjust the settings per episode. Again, you know, not everybody. You know, we we interview people with Skype. You interview people in person. Skype, Skype, and in person interviews have their own sets of frequencies that they tend to to emphasize. So I, I'll go in there and adjust the eq and compression as needed are my even, frequencies are my settings always the same and then you change it up for my guess and that's what i was going to say i mean on on a certain day you might you might be just a, a couple inches closer to your microphone or even an inch closer to your microphone and it changes things hmm. so I'll, I'll i'll go in there and try to make it as consistent compared to the um previous episodes as possible okay yeah, so, so I, I was going to ask you what would what would make you have to use different effects on an episode, but that's basically it. Just the tiniest of little things being closer or further away to a mic, um, like an air conditioning running in the background or something. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, you know, it's funny. And, and then also depending on the situation, <clears throat> podcast, not so much, but music, you know, I, I have I built a studio. I'm, I'm in my studio right now. 
and I have a drum set in here and I, I record songs all the time. Um, depending on the song uh, and how intense the song is or the speed, certain frequ- frequencies might be appropriate for that song. Uh, you know, if it's a big, slow song, I can I can really give the the bass drum a, a really big, boomy tone. But it's if it's like a faster punk song or something, if that big, boomy tone is gonna gonna totally override all the other cool parts of the song, because that bass coming so fast and frequently, that that low tone's gonna gonna overpower all all the other nice frequencies in that song. So, <clears throat> yeah, for a music engineering standpoint, like you really have to adjust your your EQing per song um speaking speaking you know spoken word not so much but still if if there's a if you know the conditions are changing enough where things if things come in if if sorry if your source audio is is changing in the in the least bit you have to change your eq and and make sure that you're doing a good job and getting in there and, and emphasizing the good and taking out the bad yeah, I love I love the fact that when talking about music, you were saying like, it would this drum be like appropriate for this type of music? And that's such a good way to, I guess, think about anything you're doing in audio engineering. It's like, is this appropriate for this right now? Right, right, yeah, yeah. Because a lot of people, you want to go in there. I, I'm not a fan of reinventing the wheel whatsoever, but there are guidelines and, and you want to follow those guidelines, you know, and as much as as easy as it would be to just have a standard template oh yeah this is my this is my drum eq i use it all the time it's just not going to work every time you have to you have to work in the situation Hmm. interesting so all right let's uh let's get back to the episodes a little bit so how long does it take you to edit an episode obviously there's going to be a range here yeah uh it depends on it depends on the notes um so like if if there are a lot of cuts that we need to make or or maybe you know sometimes there's a technical problem if there's like a, a popping or something in the microphone like you said every situation is different that that kind of stuff obviously takes a lot longer if it's if it was just a good straight interview no problems then then honestly it takes me probably under an hour sometimes if there's like just one cut it'll take me you know 15 to 30 minutes because you, in those cases, sometimes you have like my settings saved, um, a yeah, I have quote a base- unquote normal guest saved, and you can just like paste the settings on top of us, and then make your cuts, and you're done. So yeah, I was talking about having templates and not reinventing the wheel. I have a base Blake Fletcher uh, EQ and compression setting, hmm. and then from that, to, to, and I I've I created that and saved that as a preset, so I can go in there and and have a, a you know I, and I the first time I created that preset I took time on it and made, made it sound good and 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 we chatted about it and you said oh you know I like to sound a little bit more like this or a little bit more like this and we we made our adjustments and then and then eventually you, you gave it the stamp of approval and I work forward from there but and then within that within that preset I'll I'll adjust things in a minor way that that the episode call for. So if if it's if you were closer, I need to drop some of the bass. If you're further away, I need to boost some of the bass. Uh, that kind of thing. And and then and then same thing with the guests. I have a guest preset for Skype, and I have a guest preset for in studio interview. And and depending on that person's voice and how they approach the microphone, I'll I'll make small adjustments as needed. Move from there. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 
and um, it, it makes my job easier because I have a day job too. So yeah. <laughs> I want to I want to be able to do this as efficiently as possible, but also make the best episode I can. Yeah, you are like hands down the busiest person that I know. I I, see, I feel so fortunate that you take the time to do this show because uh, it's. Like every day, I'm always waiting for the day that you dump me, you know, for the day that you're just like, Blake, dude, I'm so busy. I want to kill myself. I can't do this anymore. It's like any day that you don't say that to me, I go to bed that night like, yes, like I have Frank for another day. This is good. (laughs) Well, you know, my philosophy on on all that is, you know, it took me a long time to to get into. So I went to music school, right? Um, I, I was going through community college and, and doing the, the standard, the standard community college, uh, routine. And at one point I was just like, I am not passionate about any of this. And once I get through this, I don't know what I'm going to get into. And I went to music school and then I was like, all right, I I really like this. You know, I'd played in bands all through high school. I met some of my, my best friends through music. I met my wife through music. And, you know, I, I, as soon as I started working in music, I really knew that, that this is something I wanted to do. And as many times as I tried to drop it because there's no money in it, you know, there's a million excuses, uh, to, to drop a passion for, for money or for comfort reasons. But, you know, as soon as I got, I, I work at a, at a, a book publisher right now and we, we do, we film, I do video and, and I do audio for them and it's a lot of work. And it's, but it's also very, very close to what my passion is. And that is, that is working with audio. As, as soon as I started working in audio, um, a lot of random doors started opening for me. And, and I realized it was because I wasn't saying no to anything. It, you know, it, I was on my, my path of, of audio and, and my passion. And then, and then any opportunity that would come up, I would just say yes to Even if that means that I have to sacrifice my own time or, or, you know, my free time or, or other projects that maybe I enjoyed, but weren't super related to what my passion was. And sorry, this is a super long tangent. No, dude, this is good. But yeah, you know, as soon as you said, you know, one of my best pals calls me and says, dude, I'm dropping my job because it sucks. And I want to, I want to make a podcast and I have all this experience in audio. I'm like, yeah, of course I'm going (laughs) to do this. And I, I know it's hard work and I know it's a lot of, it takes a lot of time, but, but it's awesome. And, and, you know, it's, it's a giant, it's a challenge, but it, like most challenges, it's also a giant opportunity to do something rad and do some good in the world. Yeah, for sure, man. And God willing, there will be a, a payoff for us one day, you know, <laughs> that like yeah. you said, it's like when you, when you do things for the right reasons and you just try to do things right and you keep your like heart open to doing things then typically in life, other doors do open for you because of that. Um, so, yeah. Totally. I'm all about that. Yeah, man. Hopefully I didn't just jinx it and make it so that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> all right, man. So what is the most difficult thing to do when you are editing? Nothing about the job of editing is difficult, specifically. Uh, I mean, because uh, I'm very familiar with, with my tools. I know, I know I use Pro Tools and I've been using Pro Tools since I was 17 years old and I'm, I'm 31 now. So I, 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 wow. Now that I say it that way, I should be way better. (laughs) 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 But anyway, I'm going to ignore that. 
Yeah, I'm familiar with with my my digital audio workstation. So the actual job of editing is never difficult. What's difficult is uh, the the problems that the audio might have and trying to adjust that. So any kind of um, frequencies that are undesirable to the human ear that I have to remedy for one reason or another is what makes makes editing difficult, especially when everything you change with that audio file is also going to affect the voice. There's almost no way to isolate the voice from any any problems that might be in the audio, whether that's popping, clicking, you know, humming, buzzing, construction in the background, lawnmowers, gardeners are my my enemy. They make a lot of noise when you don't want them to. <laughs> <laughs> um, and luckily, we, 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 you know, our first few episodes, we had issues with, with stuff like that. And oh, I there's think, entire episodes we haven't even been able to put out because of that. And right. what you were just saying was such an unbelievable learning curve for me because it's like the amount of times that I did entire episodes in the beginning... Um, and I wouldn't just stop the episode and say, okay, look, we just should not do this right now and we'll come back later because I was so naive back then and I would always think, oh, Frank is just going to be able to take out this gardener. Frank's going to be able to take out this air conditioning or whatever. But I mean, I guess that's a good lesson for anyone to hear right now is that if there is a consistent noise throughout the entire episode, um, for, first of all, most likely you can't get rid of it at all. But if you are able to minimize it, you are in some way to what you just said going to be completely altering the vocal tracks as well. And now all of a sudden, the people talking might sound like robots. They might sound really quiet. They might sound super bassy. Depending on how it is you had to take out that extraneous noise, um, you're going to be messing with the audio and no longer is it going to be able to sound like this natural conversation. Right, yeah. The more you you mess with with the audio and and like over-EQing or... or, um over filtering the audio eventually the person you're interviewing is going to sound like a robot or you know something terrible the the i'd say the for podcast purposes your best friend should there be any kind of ambient noise in your room is to get in that closet and make sure there are plenty of clothes in there and just sit in the dark and record some good isolated audio uh, before I, I had anything that resembled the studio, I would use closets constantly. I'd take off the door and add some some sound sound. Well, I'm not going to say soundproofing. I'll say sound treatment. There's almost no such thing as a soundproof room. That's difficult, but there's definitely things you could do to help. And that that's some putting some pads on your walls uh, to help treat the sound to make it non-reflective. Or like I said, just get inside your closet and use the clothes you already have as, as sound absorbing material and, and get away from that lawnmower, man. <laughs> Freaking lawnmower, man. Freaking lawnmower, man. Uh, <laughs> all right, man. Weird movie, by the way. Do you remember that movie? Dude, so weird. Do you remember um, the MTV show, The Head? And there was the one dude with like the lawnmower blade stuck through his head. Oh, you know, that was only on late at night. And I was like, already kind of delirious tired and then seeing that just man i'm pretty sure i'm scarred still yeah i mean that was when we were young that was when we were kids so yeah yeah i probably shouldn't have been watching that anyway. i totally agreed totally agreed. <laughs> um all right so does being an audio engineer change the way that you experience or interact with the world now when you're walking around sometimes and you hear birds chirping are you like oh that's this frequency or like oh that would be a good sound for this or whatever it's funny um i don't notice it I, I should say I don't notice that I, it has affected my life because this is just my life. You know, I'm, I'm like, I try to be as self-aware as possible, but I, I haven't quite nailed the the duality enough to 
recognize when I'm recognizing something. <laughs> so, but when I'm hanging out like with like a coworker or, or my wife and I'm like, oh, do you hear that? That sounds really nice. They're like, hear what? I'm like, oh, whoa, how do you hear? You have crazy ears. I'm like, I, I actually, I'm, I'm like kind of going deaf in my left ear a little bit. My ear, <laughs> left ear is rattling. I don't think so. I think I'm just paying attention. Yes, that's exactly it. It's exactly it. It's unbelievable yeah. how, um, so I, I really enjoy meditating and sometimes, or like when I started meditating, I would just try to focus on my breath. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's about it. And sometimes I focus on my body and I or try to focus on nothing, whatever. Sometimes in a, a very easy way to meditate is just to focus on listening to everything. Because when you're trying to listen to everything, it, it's not like the best form of meditation because then your mind, uh, or you're not fully quiet internally. That being mm-hmm. said, your mind does become quiet because there is so much to listen to when you sit there and you listen to everything and it doesn't matter maybe if you went in a closet but even then probably not like it doesn't matter what kind of room you're in after like especially if you do this outdoors after 10 20 30 40 seconds one minute it's like every 10 seconds a new noise comes in and you pick Mm -hmm. up another thing and another thing and another thing and another thing and another thing until there's just this like cacophony of uh, like unbelievable noise around you and you're like i can't believe that this is going on all the time around me and i just don't i don't pay attention so to what you said about like oh i'm actually going deaf in this one ear or whatever uh, well hopefully you're not going deaf you didn't say that <laughs> that your one ear is is uh can't hear as well now um but you're noticing these things it is certainly an issue of attention to detail and not an issue of any actual skill in the ability to hear right Right. But, you know, like, you know, some people have the theory that like your brain isn't a receiver or isn't a, it's a receiver. It's a filter of information because if you understood everything all the time, you'd, you'd probably go insane. Um, if you start paying attention to it, and I have this issue <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure I haven't really spoken to a lot of other engineers lately. I'm sure other people have the same issue, but, uh, when I'm in high noise or, or a lot of like a chaotic noise environment i start to kind of lose it i i I get very distracted and i like i need to like step away from people uh and like the entire scene if i go to my parents house right this happens a lot i love my parents my my mom will start talking to me and then my dad will like not notice that my mom is talking to me and he'll start talking to me and i'm having like two conversations at the same time i'm like i'm not the president guys like give me a second here (laughs) and then and then like the tv will be on and it'll be like news just yelling about something and like we got dogs dogs are barking i'll I'll, I'll, there'll be moments where i'm like whoa 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 (laughs) everybody hold on One at a time. Yeah, that strikes me as one of those like uh, traumatic moments in a movie where someone's been like injured or something, and you know, it, like all these like overwhelming sounds start coming at them, and they just lose it. You know, if you want to experience it, just come to my parents' house one day. It happens every fu- every freaking time. Yeah, it's really crazy, man. But yeah, uh, and then and uh, but you know, on the other side of that, I I just took my dog for a walk. We we live by a big hiking trail and a, a mountain. Uh, I live in Newberry Park uh, by a Bony Mountain. It's a pretty cool mountain. Um, I took him for a hike. And it was kind of late in the afternoon and, and no one was really around. And I got between in a little valley and uh, I live close to the 101 freeway. But I, as soon as I got in this, this valley, I couldn't hear anything. There was no one around. For some reason, there were no birds. And there was just a slight breeze and it was like brushing the grass. And it was 
really exciting. I don't know why. And it might be that it might be that paying attention that audio file. Most people might walk through there and just be like, "Oh, whatever." Like, don't hear anything here. If they even noticed that they didn't hear anything, but I stopped and I made my dog sit down. I was like, "Theodore, listen." <laughs> yeah. And we listened to how much there wasn't going on, and that's that's really crazy too. And then you really hear your brain working. That's, totally. That's nuts. That's one of the reasons why I really like camping and stuff like that or any experience yeah. like that that you can pick out is always amazing because I feel like it really allows you to connect with a time and like harken back to what it would have been like to be a Native American or to be a caveman or to be yeah, whatever before all of this shit. It's like they're, the majority of people that lived on this planet got to experience what you just what you experienced then but like all the time and they definitely would have noticed the sound of the the breeze rustling on the grass and nothing else but that's the important part is the nothing else right like there there's there can't be a siren there can't be a lawnmower there can't be a car because it's it's pre any of that and it's really cool when you when you are in a place where yeah n- nothing created in the last 500 years can can you can you hear you know it's uh it's just wonderful it's it's awesome it's primal yeah yeah <laughs> totally man um all right let's uh let's finish this thing up frank what is the most important thing that you have ever learned in your career with audio so i went to audio i went to engineering school and it was, I shouldn't say school. It, it was a six month program uh, at Musicians Institute in Hollywood. And it was awesome. And I learned a lot of, a lot of techniques and I learned about what everything is. I learned my terminology and I learned what you're supposed to do when you approach music or, or any audio for that matter. And then I had to unlearn it all because what I did was I learned a lot of techniques and not not a solid foundation of really what I was looking to do. And what you're looking to do with music or any audio for that matter is you're looking to make one piece, one, 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 one piece of art, not a lot of things working together to make a big mess. You're looking for one thing. And that, that need, that requires you to take a step back and forget everything you've learned and and forget about all the rules and start developing your own approach and start making your own rules using those good techniques that you've learned and not not dropping everything but forgetting what you're supposed to do and really yeah really building your own your your special technique the thing that makes your work unique and and there like i said there are a lot of professionals out there who are doing a whole lot of cool stuff and you can always go and buy new gear. Nothing's going to fix your technique. If, if, if the way you as an individual, uh, if you don't have the way you approach something and, and what you bring to the table figured out, then, then no, no, no technical knowledge and no piece of gear is, is going to help you. And I, I feel like that's one of those things that is kind of universal, you know, um, with any type of art. It, it, you have to bring that passion and you have to know what you're working with and you have to know what you're going for to, to really make something special. 
And at one point, once you have all that, that stuff figured out, then, then you can get super creative and, and like really sit in your seat of, of creative godliness. (laughs) And, and yeah, I don't know. That's kind of abstract, man. No, dude, I love it. What you said is so right on for anything. The, um, the concept of make one thing don't don't try to make like 10 10 awesome things and now let's grab some tape and tape these 10 awesome things together um and then it's going to be even more awesome because it's 10 awesome things and that's so much more awesome than one awesome thing um, right to just go for your one thing is yeah. i think really sage advice you have you really have to and you really have to consider your audience too you know you can you can be creative and try to make all this like avant-garde nonsense with whatever you're, you're doing but y- you have a general populace that you're making a thing for and now i'm not suggesting that you curtail your art to to meet the expected standards of your audience specifically but there is this uniform consciousness of people want to hear something specific if i if, for example, if you made a podcast that just had a bunch of music in the background the entire time, that's you don't want to reinvent the wheel like that. No one wants that, and they're not expecting it, so they're not going to like it. But, but, yeah, you're making you're <laughs> you're making one thing for a lot of people, so make it work and make it the best thing it can be. And and yeah, that's love it. Really abstract. <laughs> not at all, man. I love it. Um, Frank, thank you so much for finally doing this, dude. It's uh, it's so good to always talk to you. It's so good to see your face right now. And uh, yeah, man, we appreciate it. Thanks. Dude, thanks for having me anytime. Hey, everyone, it's Blake. I hope you all enjoyed the episode. If you did, I would appreciate it so much if you considered leaving a review for the show on iTunes. I swear it'll only take like two minutes. Um, just search for the show on iTunes, click on it, click on ratings and reviews. You can leave a quick review um, or just uh, keep listening to the show. I appreciate that as well. Or tell a friend about the show or something. And if you have any ideas for the show, if you have a particular job or hobby that you would like to hear interviewed on the show, if you yourself think that you do something interview worthy and you would like to tell the world about what this job or hobby is that you have, head on over to halfhourintern.com. There's a link right there at the top that says submit your ideas and you could submit your ideas for the show, be them uh, somebody else that you would like me to interview, a particular field that you would like to hear about, or even if it is you yourself that would like to come on the show. Thanks so much for listening, you guys.